Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney, the host of How They Love Mary. May is one of my favorite months because we honor and celebrate the Blessed Virgin Mary. We crown her statues in our churches and we resolve more Marian prayers in our own life. We can honor the Blessed Mother in so many different ways, and my new book, How They Love Mary, explains that. But another way, beside the devotion and the prayers that we pray, that we can honor the Blessed Mother is perhaps by wearing socks that depict the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I was so excited to see that Sock Religious has a new Our Lady of Fatima sock that they just released this month. And if you are a big devotee of Fatima, I encourage you to buy a pair of those socks and to wear them proudly during the month of May. They have other Marian socks as well, including Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of La Leche, and other Marian designs. Head over to Sock Religious by clicking the link in the show notes and get your Marian socks and celebrate the month of May in style. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Just last week, Sophia Institute Press released my new book, How They Love Mary. When I started this podcast back in 2019, I knew that I was going to name it How They Love Mary because I realized how many of the saints love the Blessed Mother and how the people of God love Mary as well. I also knew that I wanted to write a book about how people loved Mary and whatever that would look like. And so here we are today, and we have 28 lessons in the book How They Love Mary. And so for the next 28 weeks, every Monday, there's going to be a companion episode And so you could read this book in 28 weeks. Of course, you can read it in a few sittings if you really would like. But just to unpack it, 28 weeks, we're going to look at each one of the lessons and talk with someone who has a connection to that person. Just as I had a connection to bring them out and to talk about them in my book, so now another person sharing about the life of these holy men and women who have inspired me along the way, and I hope they'll inspire you. Today, we're going to talk about St. Damien of Molokai. His lesson in How They Love Mary is that every saint has a devotion to Mary. That's one of the things I took away, was that he may not have had a very expressive Marian devotion. He belonged to a religious congregation devoted to Mary, but he expressed his Marian devotion in very simple, pious ways, by visiting a place of pilgrimage before coming to America, by signing his letters under the hearts of Jesus and Mary, and so forth. So a very simple way he loved the Blessed Mother, and we can love Mary in our own simple way. When I thought, who am I going to interview about St. Damien of Molokai? My classmate, who I graduated Mundelein Seminary with, uh, Father Irvin Caliente, came to mind. Father Irvin actually, one time, at least one time, was uh, helping in Molokai when that parish priest there was away. Uh, he filled in for him, and so he's been to Molokai, so I thought that was a bonus. 
But Father Irvin also has a passion for priestly holiness and praying for priests. And I thought, what a wonderful conversation we can have surrounding St. Damien of Molokai today. So thanks so much, Father Irvin, for joining me today. Thank you, Father, for the invitation. And first of all, maybe tell me, I, I just briefly mentioned that you served in Molokai, maybe for five days, 10 days, I don't know how long it was. Yeah. But how did that come about? How did you find yourself flying to Hawaii and going to Molokai to serve in that parish while that priest was away? It was really a, a wonderful story. Uh, not There's really uh, not much, uh, but one day... Uh, if you remember in 2016, the International Eucharistic Congress happened in the Philippines, my home country. And I happened to be there. And on my way back to the United States, I was flying through Honolulu. And in the same uh, plane with me uh, was the Bishop of Honolulu, uh, uh, Bishop Larry Silva. I met him at the airport. We started chatting. And the Bishop said, uh, oh, you have a, a good devotion to uh, Father Damien. And I said, yes, Father, I've been praying for, um, asking for his intercession all my life. Uh, and there are a lot of Filipinos in Hawaii, of course. And he, Bishop Silva invited me and he said, you know, uh, in May, this coming May, he said this was a January in 2016, uh, the, the priests of Honolulu will be in retreat. I wonder if you can help us by being the priest uh, at Molokai during that time. And I said yes, and the bishop made it happen. Wow, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, yeah. you talk about your own little devotion as Saint uh, Damien of Molokai and how you've prayed to him throughout your life and such. And for me, as I shared in that lesson of how they love Mary, is that St. Damien de Molokai is my birthday saint. He's commemorated on May 10th. So if right. you actually go over to Catholic Online, I think it is, catholic.org, and you type in Damien de Molokai, they'll tell you his feast day is in October. But So sometimes yeah. I'll tell people, well, my birthday is the – because I don't like telling people when my birthday is. I'm like, oh, it's the feast day of St. Damien de Molokai. It's Mexican Mother's Day uh, because every year <laughs> in Mexico, Mother's Day is May 10th. So, um, But St. Damien de uh -huh. Molokai is one that I've had a devotion to, and I, I followed a Catholic blogger back when I was just you know a teenager, maybe early college, and uh, she was from Hawaii. I, I would love to find her again uh, now that this book yeah. is out, and I'm mentioning her here on this podcast, but she sent me a little medal from Molokai that I still have uh, <laughs> and uh, have and carry with me, and I wear from time to time. So uh, yeah, St. Damien has always been in my life only because of my birthday, but he has such a marvelous story. And the very fact is, is St. Damien of Molokai, he comes from Belgium, and now I'm a parish priest in a, a very Belgian area in northeastern Wisconsin and Door County, and I live in Brussels. So uh, I love telling people about Father Damien, St. Damien. And uh, so he wasn't even supposed to go to Molokai. It was supposed to be no. his brother Pamphile, but he got sick. And so St. Damien volunteers to go in his place. And I think that's an inspiring story because he knew what that was going to mean when he went there right. to Molokai. Right. Absolutely. And uh, in fact, yeah, he's been, 
he's been praying to the patron saint of missions, which was the, the co-founder of St. Ignatius of Loyola uh, with the Society of Jesus, which was this uh, Xavier. And uh, it was actually, uh, I, I really believe that it was through the intercession of St. Francis Xavier that uh, the Lord allowed him uh, to, to go to, to mission to Hawaii instead of his brother. And the beautiful thing is, you know, St. Francis Xavier's uh, uh, body was buried somewhere else, except they left his hand uh, in another place. Exactly the same thing happened with uh, St. Damien of Molokai. After his death, his body was moved back to his home country in Belgium. But then later, uh, his his right hand, which is the priest's blessing hand, was placed back in its original tomb on the island of Molokai in Kalaupapa, uh, where uh, he served uh, the lepers of Molokai. So to this day, his blessing hand, his right hand, is in his original uh, uh, tomb in Molokai. I actually was fortunate enough to be able to go to Belgium uh, back in the day, uh, mm -hmm. doing some Marian research, actually. And, you know, when you're there to do some research, you simply do other things in addition. You accomplish your purpose, and you're already there, and so you do a little sightseeing. So in Louvain, that is where his tomb is. At I believe it's called St. Anthony Church. And uh, I was mm -hmm. able to spend a good amount of time praying at his tomb and asking his intercession. And uh, yeah, St. Damien always has been near and dear to me. So you mentioned Molokai. You've been to Molokai. You've served in that parish. What was your impression yeah. of the little village uh, when you were there? Is his memory alive and well in the hearts of the people of Molokai? Right. Yes. Number one, Father, I, I, want, you, I want our listeners to to know that Molokai is a big island, but the place where uh, the lepers uh, uh, were placed is a peninsula uh, of Molokai. It's like uh, thousands of uh, feet down. It's like an, a natural prison for those who went there. Uh, but the whole island, including Kalaupapa, which is this peninsula where the the uh, uh, lepers were kept, is such a beautiful island, so beautiful. Uh, but the impression that I had, number one, is uh, of course uh, you still have you know a lot of the a lot of the uh, uh, lepers who who live there uh, are buried there. So they still have the cemetery there for, for the lepers. Uh, and just to be there, there's such an, uh, a, it's a beautiful environment of prayer. And people who, who stay there, and some of them are, you know, still lepers, and uh, uh, some of them are sisters, and some of them work for the government, are just so hospitable. They're so hospitable, hospitable. So number one, there's the natural beauty of the place. Number two, the history of the place. Yeah, it's just so convenient uh, to pray there. But number three is there is, in a way, 
being there. It just gives you the environment where you can still fear, feel the suffering of the people who remained in there. For some reason, I, I, I felt that. But the greatest feeling that I had was the presence of Father Damien. Loving the people, serving the people. His priestly heart just makes the whole place so special, Father. His priestly presence is still there, uh, especially in the presence of the parish priest who still lives there and the sisters uh, who are still uh, serving the place. So uh, those are the particular feelings that I had when I visited Molokai, especially Kalaupapa. You reference the cemeteries uh, for the lepers, and St. Damien and Molokai was known to sometimes build their coffins. He would dig their graves. And here's a quote. Mm -hmm. He commented to his brother, he wrote, My greatest pleasure is to go there, the garden of the dead, to say my beads and meditate on the unending happiness, which so many of them are already enjoying. And I know for myself, I love going to a cemetery. When I go to my hometown and I visit the graves of my grandmother and my mother, I will often do so, and hoping it's a nice summer day, I will walk around the entire cemetery, I'll pray the rosary, and I visit the different graves of the people I've known throughout my life that have passed away. People from my childhood that my grandparents, that my grandmother was friends with. People that I knew along the way that had a a big impact, influence on my life. And so uh, it's interesting you mentioned the cemeteries because this is such a a place of grace uh, for St. Damien of Molokai. Fun fact, Father, uh, the Bishop of Honolulu, Bishop Larry Silva, his grandfather was a leper and he is buried in Kalaupapa Cemetery. Wow. And I know that on the island of Molokai, that there are several different churches. Like one of them that Damien wrote about was St. Philomena Church. And I forget some of the other names, but there are several churches then, you're saying, on this island of Molokai. Yes. So uh, on uh, on the upper part of Molokai, there are missionary priests who are serving there. Uh, uh, you have the Sacred Heart Church up there, but Kalopapa, where the uh, where Father uh, Damien served, uh, you only have Saint Philomena uh, during his time. But now there also is uh, another church in there, which is the parish church, and then of course the Franciscan Sisters of Mother Marianne Cope, now St. Marianne Cope as well, also have their own chapel. So in Kalaupapa alone, there are three uh, churches where the Blessed Sacrament is kept. Uh, It really is a a, a small village. Uh, There are not a lot of people there, but it's a wonderful community of people, and their faith is just so beautiful. Uh, to experience. So uh, the whole island have several churches, but Kalopapa, where I stayed, where uh, the lepers uh, still live, have at least uh, three churches, the parish church, the Franciscan church, and 
Father Damien St. Philomena Church, the, the church that he himself built is still there standing. It was so beautiful, actually. The day I came, I, I came to the island was the very feast day of St. Damien. And uh, I wanted to, uh, to uh, celebrate Holy Mass at, at the very altar that he, uh, he built and the very chapel that he built, St. Philomena. And uh, the sisters made that happen. And it was just so beautiful that on his feast day, uh, the bishop have asked me to to pray for all the priests of the Diocese of Honolulu for their retreat. And we were able to do that with the Franciscan sisters at St. Philomena Chapel, the very chapel and altar that St. Damien built. And, uh, you know, he went there. Sometimes uh, we talk about the saints as if they're just social workers. No, he went there and he wanted to help the people. But first and foremost, he wanted them to know how much love they are by God. Because that's the very mission of the congregation uh, where he belonged. The congregation of the hearts of Jesus and Mary wanted live to con- are, are living to contemplate and to live, but also to announce the great love of God for them. So the first one of the first thing he did was build the church. Saint Damien Molokai goes to this island. He actually has to be ordained a priest once he arrives in Honolulu. He was not yet a priest. And for those who are devoted to him, it might be their aspiration to go to Molokai. I know I would love to make it to Hawaii, and I'd love to make it to Molokai one day and to visit this place mm-hmm. where St. Damien was. Now, is it difficult to get to? Because I've heard conflicting stories from people. You've actually been boots on the ground there. Uh, did you have to Correct. take like a private plane? Did you have to, or was there a commercial right. airline that would fly in? What's that like? Right. So uh, once you get to Honolulu, uh, there is uh, uh, a smaller plane that would, uh, you know, the plane is so small. I I think only about eight people can get into the plane uh, and then go from uh, Honolulu into Molokai. So uh, uh, for my for my part, uh, so there is a, a small airport going from Honolulu to, to Molokai. But for me as a missionary for uh, uh, Kalaupapa, I went from Honolulu to Kalaupapa, which is about, I think it's 600 feet down from from uh, ma- the main island uh, uh, of Molokai. So uh, so most people who, who fly from Honolulu to Kalaupapa, most of them are either they work for the government or their missionaries or uh, they live in Kalaupapa. But most people have to fly from Honolulu to Molokai. And then they have uh, donkeys that would take you from uh, mainland Molokai down to Kalaupapa. No way. Well, well, I wonder what <laughs> you would do with your suitcase <laughs> with the donkey. Yeah, right. So, uh, so most people uh, would not stay overnight in Kalaupapa, Father, so they would only go there as a, as pilgrims, 
so they would usually stay in hotels or dor dormitories in uh, mainland Molokai, and then they would just uh, do a day trip through the donkeys from Molokai to uh, Kalaupapa. Okay. It really, it's a, it's a beautiful, fascinating scene uh, to see. Yeah, that's incredible. I, you know, I was trying to figure out how that all worked out. Now, talking with you, I understand it all. And maybe sometime during the winter of Wisconsin, I'll make it to the warmth of Molokai and, uh, you, you know, kind of avoid some of these uh, temperatures that we get up here. So you were able to celebrate Mass at St. Philomena Church. You uh, yeah. wanted to. That was one of your desires. I want to say Mass at the very altar that St. Damien of Molokai celebrated Mass at. And that's a very profound reality to contemplate that you were to be in the presence of uh, a saint where he was and, and to yes. uh, do the very things that that saint did. Um, and you mentioned earlier that St. Damien of Molokai had been a part of your devotional life in a sense. You've been devoted to him. Now, a lot of us can be devoted to any number of saints. Maybe there are you know 10 or 12 saints that you readily can think of that you're devoted to. Right. And, and sometimes those change throughout one's life uh, that you mm. maybe lean on a particular saint or holy person uh, at one moment in your life. And maybe five, ten years from now, they're not as present, but they're still there. They've touched your life, much like the 28 people and how they love Mary have inspired me in my own spiritual life. I'm wondering for you, how is it that St. Yes. Damien of Molokai has inspired you? What, what do you take away from his priestly life and example? Wow. First and foremost, Father, his utter love for God. He loved God. And he loved the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. And in his love, he wanted to imitate the sacred heart of Jesus, first and foremost, who gives all, right? Who gives all. And that's, that's the priestly heart of Father Damien. It, it, comes from, it comes from his very love of our Lord Jesus, and because of that, he wanted the sacred heart, the love of the sacred heart, especially to the most marginalized of people and the most neglected of all people, the lepers of Molokai. Right? That's, that's the number uh, one thing that uh, I admire about this man. He gave all, you know, uh, even after his death, you know, people are accusing him of all kinds of things. But this man gave everything that he had out of love for God and his neighbor. Number two, he also had the heart of Mary, who constantly say yes, even to the most difficult uh, circumstances. You know, remember, his act of humility was just so beautiful because... He hasn't been in confession because, you know, originally four priests were supposed to go to Molokai. And then for some reason, the other priests can, are not allowed to go there anymore. So only father uh, uh, was the, he was the only priest for a long time in Molokai. He wanted to go so much to confession. But one day the bishop was visiting and he was, uh, uh, he, he was in this uh, big boat and uh, 
but the bishop was not allowed to go to the island uh, because people are afraid that if he, he if he goes to the island, he comes back, he might bring the disease with him. And Father Damien had to uh, to shout his sins to the bishop just to be able to get the absolution. That's the humility that this man of God had. And uh, I, I love those three characters. His, his utter love for Jesus, and therefore he wanted to give everything. It's self-giving. Number two, his, his devotion to the heart of Mary, who constantly says, fiat, even in the most difficult times, and his humility. Those are inspiring aspects of St. Damien and Molokai's life. And always when it comes to St. Damien, I think that people recall that passage and quote of Jesus, that no greater love hath a man than to lay down his life for a friend. And St. Damien right. and Molokai truly lays down his life for his friend. If you see a picture of St. Damien when he was young Damien to the St. Damien who is dying on his deathbed, day and night difference the handsome young right. man to the leprous man. And and you mentioned that people said all these nasty things about him. People didn't know how leprosy was transmitted. They thought maybe it was transmitted right. in scandalous and sinful ways that he must have been yes. involved in lewd behavior and things of that nature. But that wasn't the case right. at all. This was a man who truly right. loved Jesus and Mary and loved God and the church. And so uh, right. truly a, a good example of just sacrificial love. Uh, and that's right. another aspect that I think he speaks and resonates with so many. One of the interesting things about St. Damien of Molokai is that as of right now, he still has a statue in the U.S. Capitol that he's so regarded among the, the people from Hawaii that when they asked for some individual to represent their country, they said, St. Damien of Molokai. That's correct. That's correct. And uh, even, you know, e everyone in Hawaii, even, you know, the, the, the kings of Hawaii, when, you know, Hawaii was considered a kingdom, have always recognized uh, the, uh, the, the, everything that St. Damien had given to the people of Hawaii. He was, he was awarded Knight Commander of the Royal Order of uh, Kalakaua, which is one of the highest... Uh, honor that they can give uh, a person, a, a highest honor that they can give a person in the Kingdom of Hawaii during those times. Uh, but also one thing that I, I, I should say, Father, with everything that uh, St. Damien uh, have worked for, the most beautiful fruit can be seen in the lives of the people that he directly touched. He brought joy and hope to the lives of those lepers at Molokai, right? Joy, you know, uh, uh, there was a time that, you know, he taught them how uh, carpentry and how to build their homes. Uh, he taught them uh, even how to serve the mass, the children. And at one point, he, he even had a band uh, to, to, so that when, when they uh, have funerals, uh, the band, had uh, can uh, can uh, play music and uh, do the marches and do the processions, uh, so that when they when the people die, they also die with dignity. 
right? And to recognize in them the life that God had given them. He brought so much joy and hope to the lives of, uh, of the people of Kalopapa, of Molokai. So that's a beautiful fruit to uh, contemplate as well, a fruit of the sacrifices of a man who gave all. We're talking about St. Damien Molokai, how I've been devoted to St. Damien, how you had a devotion, and that's what you told the Bishop of Honolulu uh, when you met him mm -hmm. in the airport. We mentioned that St. Damien Molokai was praying to the patron saint of missionaries, St. Francis Xavier. So devotion to the saints, it's something that we have as people here now on earth. The saints had a devotion to saints, so saints devoted to saints. And Correct. What does that look like? What does that mean, I guess? You know, I think we could talk about being devoted to a saint. So-and-so is my favorite saint. But what does that mean? Or how should we be devoted to saints? Uh, hopefully that yes. question makes sense. No, that's a beautiful question, Father, because, uh, you know, devotion is the language of the heart, right? Devotion is the language of the heart. And oftentimes... Uh, God gives us a lot of desires, but he also wants to purify these desires that we have in our hearts. And looking at the lives of the saints is one, uh, one aspect in which our desires are purified. I'll give you an example. I, you know, my devotion to St. Damien is rooted from my desire to be a good priest, a priest who gives everything to the people. But I know that before I can give to the people, you cannot give what you do not have. And so my devotion to St. Damien is rooted on my desire to have a deeper relationship to the heart of Jesus and to the heart of Mary. So some people might be, you know, a lot of people are devoted to, to St. Therese. And that's because... St. Therese is the doctor of the little way. It's to realize that to ask St. Therese for intercession means that in every little aspect of life, it could be washing dishes, it could be cooking for my family, and the Lord purifies and sanctifies those little ways. So we have a devotion to St. Therese. And it's the same thing, devotion to the saints like St. Damien of Molokai purifies our hearts so that like him, we can be so devoted to the heart of Jesus and to the heart of Mary and be a self-gift to others. I think that's in, 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 in the shortest way that I can share with you. That's what the most important thing about devotion to the saints. So in our devotion to the saints, should we have an image of the saint? Do we put up a little picture? Do we have a statue? Do I say a prayer to that saint every day? What, what do you advise in that regard? Well, as Catholics, uh, uh, we, we do that a lot. We do that a lot. And I do advise it. Uh, I, have a, I have a beautiful uh, statue of St. Molokai, uh, St. Damien of Molokai. And... Uh, my statue of him really is uh, him with with his bandage already uh, as 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 a leper, and I look at that statue and I ask for his intercession. And there's something about that, right? 
were, were incarnational people. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God desires to use everything in us, including our senses, so that in, in, in utilizing everything that we are, our senses, our memory, our understanding, our will, we can be totally given to God. So instead of looking to something or imagining something, the image or the icon of the saint becomes our window to heaven, right? So uh, images and uh, statues of the saints are nothing else but windows so that we can see the true face of Jesus in every individual person. You know, when, when, when I look at the, the picture of my mother, it reminds me of the love of God for giving me my mother. It's the same thing for the saints. It should remind us of the love of God in giving us these models of holiness and heroic lives. St. Damien of Molokai, you said, helped you to be a better or a good priest. That's what you wanted to pray for his intercession. And when I was ordained a priest, and I think we were ordained on the same day, right? June 6, 2015. We were. We were. Five. Yes. And yes. Uh, you were being ordained in Rockford. I was being ordained in Green Bay. And uh, when I was ordained a priest, and even when I was ordained a deacon, uh, in that right, and you know this, uh, that there is the litany of the saints, and that's yeah. uh, prayed. The priest is laying on the ground. The deacon to be is laying on the ground, and uh, and with the litany of the saints in my diocese, it's a custom that right. each ordinandi is able to add the name of a saint. So when I was, oh, that's a beautiful, yeah. So when I was ordained a deacon, I added Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. I've been deeply touched mm. by the preaching and the homilies, the sermons of St. Bernard. And so a deacon right. has the task of preaching. And so I said, okay, that's who I'm putting for my deacon. I want St. Bernard to pray for me. And then in my priesthood ordination, I inserted St. Damien of Molokai, that I wanted to be a oh, priest wow. like St. Damien, to be a good priest like St. Damien. And I know for you, you have a great passion for priestly holiness and uh, yeah. you actually kind of created a confraternity of priests who said, I want to pray in reparation for the sins of other priests. I want to be faithful to my priestly life. And uh, tell, tell me a little bit about what inspired your own desire to pray for priestly holiness and how can people do that today? Yes, Father. So, uh, yeah, so the Lord, uh, it, it's a, it, it, it really was an invitation from our Lord. Uh, the name of the confraternity is uh, the Confraternity of Jesus, Priest and Victim, right? That our Lord Jesus uh, was both is both a priest and a victim. Uh, uh, actually, the word victim in Latin is ostia, right? Or, or when we sing that, O Salutaris Ostia, he was a saving victim. This was around a time when a lot of the uh, a lot of the scandals, priestly scandals, are happening in the church. And in my own prayer, I can just hear the Lord speaking into my heart to to do three things. So the spirituality of the confraternity, uh, we have an acronym for it. It's Aura, right? It's the Latin word uh, for prayer. But Aura is oblation to be a self gift. 
reparation and uh, adoration, that our self-gift is to do acts of reparation in, in, in our ordinary life, to offer uh, the daily sacrifices that we have in our daily vocation, and through Eucharistic adoration. Uh, because uh, of its mission, first for the sanctification of priests, but also secondly for the healing of the church that is so deeply wounded uh, by priestly scandals. So uh, we actually have a website. It's www.aura.foundation. Uh, it's, uh, it's the spirituality of oblation, reparation, and adoration uh, for the sanctification of priests and the healing of the church. And in this, uh, in, in our time where, you know, priestly vocation is kind of low, you know, it's, it's also a beautiful time to pray for priestly holiness uh, because uh, priestly holiness will inspire more vocations, not just priestly vocations, but vocations to consecrated life and matrimony. Uh, so, uh, uh, and St. Saint, Saint Damien of Molokai, of course, is uh, one of the examples and one of the patrons of the confraternity and the spirituality. Well, that's very beautiful. And I know that one of the aspects of it, as you mentioned, aura, uh, adoration, of going to adoration and praying, uh, especially for the sanctification of the clergy, and uh, I know that first Thursday, so we talk about the first day of each month, right? So we have first Correct. Wednesdays in honor of St. Joseph. The first Thursday yes. is a way in which we can honor and pray for priests, recalling the fact that on the night of the Last Supper, Jesus instituted the Holy Eucharist. We have first Fridays okay. and first Saturdays, which come to us from private revelations. But uh, yeah, what what would a holy hour, what would an adoration time for priests look like if someone said i want to go and pray for priestly holiness and maybe to do it during exposition adoration uh i know that i'm Correct. offering uh first thursday holy hours uh in my own parish Correct. uh so but maybe yes. they don't have that opportunity maybe they can only go right. to the church and pray so how do you recommend praying yes uh number one is uh the the first the first uh uh, uh suggestion that uh, I would say is number one is just oblation is just a self-gift, right? If you find a, an hour, give that as a gift of yourself to our Lord Jesus, you know. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be before the exposed blessed sacrament, you know. If you can just, I hope that, you know, you can find a church that's open, and just sit there in the presence of our Lord. Remember that uh, that man that St. John Vianney uh, used to see every day in his church. And one day St. John Vianney was so curious. And he said, what do you do here every day? And the man said, I look at him and he looks back at me. Right? That's, 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 that's oblation. That's a self-gift. Just to be able to spend time with the Beloved. And just like anything, whenever we sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament, it's, it's, like, it's like sunbathing. We're exposing ourselves to uh, the author of all grace and healing. So uh, that's my number one suggestion. Uh, 
Number two is the gift of uh, receptivity. You know, just we go there emptying our hearts to receive the fullness of God's grace. He desire to He desires to fill us with His grace. But uh, and then, uh, of course, reparation to offer our time with our Lord. Perhaps praying the rosary, perhaps praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Uh, uh, asking for the Lord's forgiveness for all the ways we as a church have offended His most sacred heart and we as a church have offended our fellow human beings. Reparation. And lastly, uh, we're made for adoration. We're made to contemplate the beauty of God and to adore Him because he is God in, in a time when, when there are so many fa false idols presenting themselves to us. We need to adore the true and living God in the blessed sacrament. That's what I'd say, the gist of how uh, a Eucharistic holy hour is, uh, is, is especially on first Thursdays of the month when uh, the, the sacraments of the Holy Eucharist and the sacrament of priesthood was instituted. St. Damien of Molokai has inspired you and has inspired me in my own priestly life. And we hope and we pray that he inspires so many others in their life as priests, that his self-sacrificial love for his people, his desire to bring them the sacraments and to assist them right. in so many different ways might inspire the clergy of today. And really then, as you've given uh, an example through the Aura Foundation, well, people are able to pray for priests that they might be like St. Damien of Molokai. And I know for myself, as I read the life and letters of St. Damien of Molokai and came to know more and more about him, that he was truly devoted to the Blessed Mother. He helped me to love Mary in a new way, and I'm sure he can help so many others to love the Lord Jesus, to love Mary, to love the Sacred Heart, to love the Immaculate Heart in all of these different ways. I'm so grateful that you joined me today, Father Irvin uh, Caliente, to talk about St. Damien of Molokai. Uh, you've introduced me to other aspects of him and how to get to Molokai and everything that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So I'm very grateful for our conversation and for what you've shared today. Thank you, Father Edward. And uh, thank you for your ministry and your priesthood. And uh, may God bless you always. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope that the conversation with our guest was one that was enriching for you as much as it was for me. I am so honored that you listen to How They Love Mary. And if you enjoy this podcast, I'd encourage you to rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so that others might begin to see this podcast show up as a recommended podcast for them. I look forward over the next 28 weeks of discussing the different figures from my new book, How They Love Mary, available from Sophia Institute Press. If you haven't gotten a copy yet, head on over to Sophia Institute and acquire your copy today or wherever you get Catholic books. Thanks so much for listening today. May God bless you today and Mary pray for you.